We have the world's greatest pharmacy right in our head. We can dispense 25,000 neurochemicals at any moment in time with a thought. If we're in the environment, we don't have to think about it. We can just be in that environment. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 111 of the Biohacker Babes podcast. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister Lauren today. Hi, everyone. I'm tuning in from Maryland. And if you are watching the video version of this, my face is a little red because I had my second <laughs> microneedling treatment today. So excuse my slightly inflamed face. Hey, <laughs> We're building such collagen. A great, yeah, <laughs> such a great biohack. You got to yeah. do it. <laughs> yes. All right. And we have Dr. Patrick Porter coming on the podcast today. So you've probably heard us talk a lot about this device called the brain tap before. And so that's how we got introduced to Dr. Porter. He actually created the brain tap, but he has a wealth of information about brain health, like controlling the nervous system, improving overall health, consciousness, meditation. I mean, he just is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Could listen to him talk to him. all day. Yeah, this conversation really just covered so many aspects from fear, chronic stress to what it's doing to our optimal health, but really getting into how we can affect the brain for, for better consciousness. And I just really appreciate his the depth of his knowledge and, and wisdom. And then this amazing piece of tech that he's created, which you know, we can access these brainwave states through things like meditation. And he talks about Tai Chi and yoga. But it's really nice to combine these natural healing abilities with some technology to make it a little bit more accessible. And if you're not familiar with BrainTap, I would say unlike a meditation app, the BrainTap uses this algorithm to produce what's called a brainwave entrainment. And that helps us with neuroplasticity. So that's the brain's ability to reorganize itself by forming new neural connections. And then what we get from that is a more resilient brain, a more flexible brain. Uh, we have better cognitive function because of it. And oh gosh, there's just like so many cool things about this piece of tech. It uses binaural beats. So different, um, different frequencies of tone going into your ears. There's guided visual visualization, holographic music, isotonic tones, and then also pulse light, which is a really, really important part of this device, which is going to wrap this up into this, what they call, it's like a perfect symmetry of sound and music. And it trains the brain to not only relax, but it's giving you all of those benefits we get from meditation, but without the, the effort or the stress. I know meditation can be such a bear for so many people, and this really solves that that solution. Kind of similar to Muse, but if you stay till the end of the episode, he explains the differences between Muse and BrainTap and pretty, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And I have to say, it's been a great biohack for me, You know, someone that has struggled with meditation. I'm like, I, I know the benefits. I want to get the benefits of meditation, but it's just yeah. been hard to really master that. And he even talks about that, like to really master it and get the right brain waves, like even monks in the world are not able to master it. So it just shows mm -hmm. how hard it can be. 
without this technology. And just to give you like a visual, I mean, definitely go online and see what the device looks like, but you'll have a little shield that comes over your eyes with the blinking lights going into your eyes. And then you have these big headphones on where the lights are going into your ears. And then the music is obviously coming through the headphones. It's a great thing to do to take a break in the middle of the day. I think we're going to use it in the afternoon. Like I yeah. do too. It's like a break yeah. from work when I'm feeling like my brain just cannot keep pushing through. Rather than taking a nap, I sit down and do a 15, maybe 25 minute session on, on brain tap. And I am recharged like a double A battery. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like a 30 minute session in the afternoon is like a two hour, a two hour nap. nap. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's a great hack. It, like napping. Sometimes you wake up and you're like a little groggy and you didn't time it right. Like the brain tap solves all of those problems. So I just can't speak highly enough about it. So Mm -hmm. same. Great. All right. Let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Patrick Porter before we bring him on. So he is an award-winning author, speaker, and the founder of brain tap, the leader in technology enhanced meditation. Dr. Porter pioneered the use of brainwave entrainment to improve clarity, sleep, and energy, and remains at the forefront of scientific research. He founded BrainTap with the goal of making this technology accessible to everyone. BrainTap offers over 1,000 original audio sessions in 12 languages and serves a worldwide user base with its mobile app and headset. Dr. Porter has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, People, Entrepreneur, and on ABC, NBC, CBS as an expert in brain health and wellness. And in 2020, Dr. Porter received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the IAFNR. So pretty amazing. So grateful that we connected with him. And of course, grateful that I found the brain tap device. <laughs> I know. I think this is the beginning of many conversations. Hopefully we want to learn so much more from him and we are so excited to bring this to you. So we hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome Dr. Porter to the biohacker babes podcast. We're thrilled to have you today. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. It's not often I get to talk to two beautiful women, so let's go for it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I heard you had a fabulous weekend in Austin. I was really jealous to not be there at Mob Nirvana, so I'm sure that's not entirely true, but we're so happy to be here with yeah, you. I was, yeah, I was telling my wife that I'm, I'm, uh, I was born in the wrong century because there were a lot of beautiful women here, I couldn't believe. But, but yeah, it's a, it's a great group. And I was so impressed that so many young people were here. I told her, I said, I think that at least 90% of the audience was under 30, which wow. when I was growing, when I was growing up, my dad, my dad being a Silva instructor, we were always doing seminars for meditation and that usually it was the uh, 55 to 70 year old women that were showing up and because they were the ones that had the crisis that really realized it was so great to see young people getting involved and in, in, in actually learning about transforming their lives. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Incredible. So this idea of prevention medicine is maybe catching on. Yes. That's really good news. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The new generation is changing things. So yes, that's so exactly. great to hear. Yeah. Well, we I obviously want to talk a lot about brain health today. We love talking about that. And I think uh, today more than ever with the stress people are under, we're seeing a big impact on brain function and overall health. And we definitely want to talk about our favorite technology, the brain tap, which you created. We'll get into some of the technology later in the episode, but before we get into that, can you just talk to us about why we should be focusing on brain health? Like, why is this so important? Well, the main controller, the master controller of the whole system is the brain. If the brain, which is 70% of the nervous system, isn't regulating correctly, you could be taking the world's greatest supplements 
but you're going to just pee them out like the doctors would say, because if you're under stress, the there's no blood flow in the gut. And so what happens is all that good nutrient just gets flushed out. That's why you got to take so much. So, I mean, we did one study, just to give an example with a group in Provo, Utah, where they were doing amino acids for the brain. And while they were doing it with brain tap, they actually could absorb 30% more of the nutrient than they would if they were just doing it on their own or looking at their phone was even worse. When they were doing, when they were looking at their phone, they, they very rarely got almost, it was like they were stressed out because they were looking at their phone doing the treatment. So they, they started eliminating wow. the phone use and then started having them use brain tap so they could downregulate that sympathetic system and upregulate parasympathetics for healing. Wow. So just wow. being on the phone alone, regardless of activity, it was upregulating sympathetic. Oh yeah. I mean, your, our brain isn't just looking at a screen. It's, it's actually looking at every pixel. Our, we're, we have the world's greatest biocomputer, right? The universe's maybe greatest computer. So it can do a lot more than we think it's doing. You know, our, our eyes are taking in thousands of pieces of information. They say over 2000, but we only act on 40 of them. So that's why we can walk into the kitchen when we're with somebody and they say, get me the salt shaker. And we think it, and we can't see it. And then they, they finally walk in and they say, it's right here. And you go, well, it wasn't there a second ago. It's because we didn't render it. You must've moved that. Yeah. I've been there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really wow. wild. Yep. So yeah. we know fear is a big part of what's happening to our overall health and, and chronic stress, uh, stress state. How do we begin to break this down and, and get back to our baseline? How do we get out of default mode network? What are some basic things we can do to reset our nervous system? Yeah, great question. Uh, in science, we call this psychoimmunology because we our psychology actually affects our immunity. So we know that when you, you downregulate uh, sympathetic function, I mean, uh, parasympathetic function, and you upregulate cortisol and these things, these block the healing receptors of the brain. They actually make us more susceptible. That's why when, when some people, when they go on vacation, they actually start getting headaches in their body because they're so used to operating at such a high level of stress. When they release it, it's finally the body finally gets to detox and do all these things so they get the summer colds and things like that when they go on vacation. So mm. what we can, first of all, what we can start to do, the simplest thing to do is learn a breathing technique because breathing, uh, we just had a, uh, I had two papers this, this, fall, this spring actually that were published in PubMed with uh, Bhopal, India. Uh, where we did Kriya breathing. And we showed that by doing Kriya breathing, you can balance the hemispheres of the brain and get you into this uh, this parasympathetic state. So, I mean, that's an ancient technology, right? I mean, they, people don't think about it that way, but that gets the body ready for, for what's happening and oxygenates the cells, but it also activates a lot of other systems because there's more in the air than just oxygen, right? There's something called pranic energy the, the Rishis would say your next piece of information, the next knowledge that you need is in the breath. So if you don't, if you don't breathe, you don't know all, all negative emotional states, fear, frustration, anxiety, depression, you name the negative state, they all have one big thing in common breathing, right? If you're, mm. if we, if we, if I have grandkids now, but when my children were young and my grandkids, when they get angry, if you tell them just breathe, right, they, they get up, they get more upset. Right? Oh yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. But, but don't it, tell me what to do. Right. But what I did with my kids is I said, we're going to, we're going to practice something here. And we, I got them practicing breathing when they got upset. I'm, I, all I'd have to say is remember the most powerful force in the universe. And they'd immediately answer because I conditioned them to do it. They'd say harmony, dad, harmony. And they would, it would break the state. 
because harmonics and coherence is what we want. And most people don't have that. In of course, if you're getting all of your information from broadcast news, that's what they're doing. They're just they're, for whatever reason they've mechanized our news, and they don't give you a solution. The worst thing you can do to somebody is say you have a problem, but there's no solution. That's why uh, you know the the medical model for what's happened in 2020. Oh, you've got this problem. Go home. Two weeks. We'll see how you do. It's the first time in history they tell you you've got a problem, but they don't have a solution. It's, it's mm-hmm. terrible. You know, our brain mm-hmm. craves a solution to a problem, you know, so, but if you don't give it to them, there's the hope factor. You know, we, we, our brain actually lives in the field in an infinite field of possibility. So if you take away all those possibilities and collapse the field to one choice, the one choice is whatever you get a jab or you take this thing or that thing the, that's fearful for the body. Cause we're, we're infinite beings. These we're these are temporary this is temporary. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're here exploring this reality right now and doing our thing. And, you know, they're telling us we can't fix our car, you know, but we just need to find the right mechanic that, or has the right mm-hmm. gasoline to run through it, or has the right technology to get it moving to the right direction. And, but that's the main thing. And I, I think fear, I actually wrote about that in my first book. I talk about it in all my books, but the Fear is the biggest detractor for enlightenment or for edu- educating the brain. Even when, if a student goes into a social situation thinking that they're less than or that they can't learn or they're not good enough, they've already lost because they, you know, so we have to reframe that. We have challenges. We can overcome those challenges. We can learn, develop, and grow in different ways. But if you tell somebody, no, you're stupid, you can't do this, or your body's not able to do it without this or that, these bodies can do incredible things. Look at Wim Hof. I mean, they they can inject poison into a system. He can do breathing and jump into an ice bath, like you're talking earlier. <laughs> you know, he can jump into mm-hmm. an ice bath, and, and it doesn't affect him. I mean, when I was growing up, they used to do what they called the polar plunge in in Michigan. We thought those people yeah. were crazy. Now people are paying to do it. You know, so, yeah. so it's, <laughs> you know, the, that's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the biology of belief is so powerful. And what you just said about testing, it makes me think of a friend of mine. I think she's very smart, but she tells herself that she's stupid. And she says, I can't take tests. Every time I take a test, I fail. And so what happens when she takes the test? She always fails, but I think she's really smart. It's just overcoming that. So speaking of fear and, you know, what's going on in the world, what can we be doing as far as like getting into nature, like something that's totally free that can maybe help us overcome some of this? Well, in, in China and Japan, they have something called forest bathing, right? So you get outside. We actually know in neuroscience that if we get around trees and things, we actually interact with them. It's, they used to be think, you know, they used to think, oh, tree hugging hippies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now they know that's healthy. You know, yeah. it's, it's not I love hugging trees. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of my favorite pictures of my wife is we were up in the redwoods and she's hugging this big redwood tree. We have that sitting there because my my dad would always call her a tree hugging hippie. You know, that's <laughs> you know, that's a compliment. To, yeah. yeah. So she, she went to Berkeley for school. So he was always afraid that she, she was going to be with one of those sticks, you know, with one of the pro- protesters, you know, that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that, that's what was going on there. But the, I think getting out there, get, taking off your shoes. You know, they get in touch with Earth. Clint Oprah, which I'm sure you both know, he's a good friend of mine. And we always knew there was something good. If you can't get outside to do it, then you've got to find a way to do it. There's just no reason for it. A good example, I had a a guy I was helping in Phoenix. This was years ago. And helping him stop smoking, he was a DJ at one of the radio stations. 
And when he stopped smoking, he couldn't do his radio show. He says, I got to go back to smoking. I can't do my radio show. And I said, well, what are you doing differently? He said, well, I used to go out on my, go outside, walk around my backyard, have a cigarette and, you know, just think about my show. And I said, he said, since I stopped smoking, I don't go out anymore. I said, well, what stops you from just going out and daydreaming? What, what, what happened to, I love that. I saw a t-shirt the other day and I don't know if it was at modern Nevada or oh, we've done three days worth of things here, but it's kind of blurred now. Somebody had a shirt on that says, don't give up your daydream. You know, that's, that's the reality. That's get outside, get outside, let your mind expand. Don't, don't get locked into the belief systems of other people, you know, start thinking outside the box. You know, they're, you know, you're only six inches away from a change. So you go ahead and mm. do that and, and you change your perception. You know, why do people travel the earth? Because they want a new environment. They want a new experience. They, and really it's our body craves those because we, we actually match the environment we're in. When we're out in nature, we know it's somewhere between 12 hertz and 7 hertz frequency, depending upon where we're at. And our body loves that. It starts to create those wonderful neurotransmitters like GABA, acetylcholine, and all these things. Our body actually responds. We're, we're supposed to be out there. In fact, these bodies were designed to be outside while the sun is shining, right? We didn't want to go into the cave. We were forced to go in there. We didn't even build a fire so that we could stay out longer because we knew now, now we have televisions and you know internet and games and people get locked in the inside thinking that that's the safety the worst thing that could happen to people is to be isolated in fact they've they've actually eliminated most isolation in prisons because they know it's so unhealthy so why would they make the public do mm. it you know it, it's, mm -hmm. it seems so wow. counterintuitive and and how does nature impact the brain waves do you see a difference in like oh, yeah. beta theta okay yeah if you, if you were on a spaceship with me and we were heading toward earth we could measure the frequency of the planet. It would go from 0 0.01 to 100. And our brain actually communicates. It, it's always measuring the environment's frequency and matches it. And it does this almost like a homing pigeon. And the reason it does that is if you look at a map, almost 90% or more of the people in the world live close to a body of water because water resonates at 10 hertz frequency. So that's why when we go to the ocean or we go to the lake, we start feeling relaxed. Our body starts creating those wonderful neurotransmitters and endorphins, and we start feeling good. You know, and the farther we get away from them, really, the sicker our body becomes. So it keeps us near the water because it knows we need it. We're seventy percent water or eighty percent water, so we we know we need to match that environment. And now, if we go into the city, we, I had a friend of mine that uh, when I lived in San Francisco, we were going to a show in New York. And she had a horse farm. She was all it was out in Livermore. California and it was beautiful. She was always out with her horses and playing in nature, but she wanted to go to a trade show. It's in New York because it's, you know, it's glamorous. She wanted to go there and see everything and be a part of it. She only made it one day in New York. She actually had what I call digital poisoning because when you get to the cities, those cities resonate in LA is the same thing. When you get into the cities, they resonate at about 18 to 24 Hertz frequency. That's high stress, cortisol producing, Basically, your body's always on ready alert. It's going, what the hell's going on here? I need to figure this out. And that's why people downregulate with uh, pills. You know, mm -hmm. and we have the world's greatest pharmacy, you know, right in our heads. You know, we can dispense 25,000 neurochemicals at any moment in time with a thought. But if, if we're in the environment, we don't have to think about it. We can just be in that environment. And the environment creates that for us. Or with yeah. us, maybe is a better way to say it, because we we interact with it. It's called frequency following response. That's the science. So think of the of the shamans or anyone else in ancient traditions. They would do these things, like you go on a walkabout. You know, they want to. You know, all these things. 
they're all designed to get you outside yourself so you can forget who you thought you were and you can become who you're supposed to be. Our whole life, people are telling us what to think. And, you know, the world is craving people that know how to think, you know, but mm. everybody just wants to be told yes. what to think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Renee, I think we were just talking about this yesterday. Was it a Harvard professor that was fired because he was teaching people how to think? <laughs> yeah, he... He's been teaching this critical thinking course at Harvard for, I think, like 30 years. And this past semester, he was having his students apply critical thinking to what is happening during the pandemic. And he got fired. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They don't want anybody thinking. No. No. Our education system is built on what to think. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This is what you're supposed to think. What they do, actually, in most cases, is they just teach you to become a test taker. This is the Mm. information you want to know. Can, do you know it? And the stress is so high that if you don't know it, we're going to hold you back or we're going to penalize you. We're going to call you stupid. You're not smart enough. And the school systems, yeah. uh, there's a school that I, I support in India. It's called the Creative School. And I go over there anytime I can when I go to India. And their school is actually built. You, you two would love it. It's all open air. It's all grounded. Oh. Kids don't wear shoes at school. Ah. The, first thing they, the first thing they do when they get in there in the morning is they uh, do, they all have brain tap in every room. They have a 12 station brain tapping station because, you know, we outfitted them so they could do it as part of the experiment. They do martial arts, they do Tai Chi, they do meditation besides brain tap. You know, they're doing the other things. That's all part of their daily curriculum. And they do, they spend time doing creative things. And then when they get into the high school levels, they're still doing those things, but then they get into the critical thinking. They don't even learn all those other, like math and English and all that. The brain shouldn't even be learning that. In fact, there's science now shows that the reason that we don't have didactic and photographic memories because we do, but we don't have the recall networks anymore is because of reading too early. Oh, wow. You know, a lot of people think, oh, mm. my, my, my son or daughter can read at three. Well, congratulations. You just limited their belief to be creative unless you did wow. that at the same time. So what they're showing is you got to do both. You know, like when I was growing up, it was like, don't daydream. Don't do. I was an artist. So I got a scholarship for art first before I got into all this. And I could care less about the rest of the school. That's why I was held back in second grade. And then finally, I, when my dad started teaching us meditation when I was 12, I realized I could do both. I could be creative and I could be, I could, and then I, then I became an honor roll student because school's easy once you realize the game, you know, mm-hmm. it is just a game, you know, but if you let the stress get to you, you can't play the game anymore. You've let them control the rules. You want to, you want to play within the game, but set your own rules. Yeah. yeah. I was watching CBS Sunday morning yesterday because I'm hanging out with my parents this weekend and that's like Sunday ritual. And they were doing this uh, spot on children in schools that are going to these academic institutions that are just really, really pushing for like the highest GPA possible. And there's so much stress. They're all just under chronic stress. They all feel like failures, even though they're incredibly brilliant. It's just so sad to watch the pressure that's putting being put on high school kids. And I think like, oh, you think that's stressful? Like, wait for the rest of your life. And right. like, what are we doing to these brains that are still developing? And that's really sort of like the precedent that's being set for young kids these days is that stress is totally normal. What the heck do we do? I know you talk a lot about meditation. Um, a lot of people have an aversion to meditation because they think they can't do it. I, I love what you say about it. We're like training the brain to be active, not necessarily shutting off. Is that something that we can teach kids younger and younger? I think that's really cool right. that you learned at such a young age. Yeah. Well, definitely. Most people don't know that yoga was actually designed to prepare the brain for meditation. 
Some people confuse it now because there's yoga studios all over the world. They think they're, it's an exercise. It was an exercise just to get the nervous system ready for the, the yogis to meditate. And then they figured out it would help the king and queen have sex longer. So, you know, there, there's ah, different things. Cool. You know, so, you know wow. we, we all have that. We all have that primitive, that, that nature of, you know, we want to, we want to be fed. We want to be protected and we want to have sex. You know, that's the, the so they all these things that are happening in the brain, the primitive brain I'm talking about, you know, that, that drives and motivates us when we go to the default mode network you were talking about. And I think that we have to interrupt it. So with children, I recommend that they start doing yoga or Tai Chi because that's an activity. We have to get the kids off the couch, out, off the computer games. When we measure people's HRVs or we do their brain scans, we find the people that have the best functioning nervous system are those that dance is one. Um, we're actually putting a dance program together on BrainTap to, learn, to help people to you know, basically stop uh, shooting all over themselves about dance. Because when you can move your nervous system, we're designed to move, breathe, and discover. You know, that's what we're, that's what we're built for. But so many people, oh, I don't want to dance. I look ridiculous. Or I don't want to learn Tai Chi. That's, that's like some cult, you know, or something. Like, they don't understand that they, these things were designed to get us to become more intelligent. Mm, you know, so yeah. and, and an intelligent person, of course, doesn't fall for what's going on right now. A thinking person doesn't fall for what's going on right now. It doesn't make sense. We talk about that critical thinking. So with the kids, when you get them moving and breathing, they'll, they'll get in touch with themselves, but then they'll start to realize there's no separation of things. They'll feel the flow and energy of the world. We're, we're energy beings. In fact, science now shows there's a, you, you probably have done this. I used to have on my a bumper sticker when I first, this was when I was 24, I used to have a bumper sticker that said, I am light. And a lot of people used to give me a lot of shit about that, you know, like reach your granola, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Go hug a tree. (laughs) Yeah, go hug a tree. But the reality is now science shows that we are light beings. We share information with each other through biophotons. So, Mm -hmm. but if they can shut us down, let's say, or keep us away from each other, because when we're together in a room, I mean, this is great having you here on Zoom and sharing because that's what we have to do here. But if we were in the same room, we'd be sharing energy. We'd be yeah. sharing light. Yeah. You know, that's why it's so important. Who do you hang out with? You know, because you're actually getting their information. Their information is commingling with yours. And because our mind is non-locale, I mean, you aren't your mind and you're not your body. You're the thing that animates all of those things. And so, you know, when we there, I like the Sufi message. It says the seer is never the seen. So as you, as you think about who we are, what we can teach the, the children most, when they get up and move and breathe or dance or do something, they'll start to, they'll start to make the connections themselves because it's innate. It's not, they don't have to learn this. This is part of our nature. Mm. But what they do is they denature us, you know, just like GMO foods, <laughs> you know, we're being, we're being, we're being manipulated and changed. So I think the biggest thing is to get them back to doing things that are natural, get them doing creative things because a creative mind also, if there's a problem, they'll learn to solve it. But if they don't have creativity, if there's a problem, they'll look outside themselves for the solution. The more we look outside ourselves, the less likely we are to have a permanent solution. We have a solution where we have to pay for it or we have to do this or that for it. We don't own it. If we can own that solution, like the people that get paid the most in the world are those problem solvers, right? If you, somebody has a problem, you solve it. You got a lot of friends because they're going Mm -hmm. to come to you and do it, but there's not many of them Mm -hmm. right now. We need more of those problem solvers and that look at the whole, the whole planet, not just one little part of it. You know, we can't, we can't be altered in 
we can't all fly into space and thank our staff for putting us into the, uh, out to outer space and think that's a good thing. You know, I mean, how terrible is that? Like, I'm really glad that I bought my Amazon Prime account so he could fly into space. Right. That's not, I mean, I would rather he took that money and helped some people get educated. You know, I think we should be donating yeah. our money to educational funds that teach that critical thinking. We should all hire that guy to put together a children's program that teaches critical thinking for, for first graders, you know, and then yeah. the more advanced class that we go, because that's the one thing we're missing in this world is thinkers. You know? Yeah. But sadly, those thinkers and those problem solvers are all being shoved into a closet right now. So we need to, <laughs> yes, we need to shine the light on them. But right. that aspect about creativity really resonates with me. Renee and I grew up as dancers. I'm still a dancer. I'm a performer. And like everything just feels better when I'm allowed to move and express myself physically in a, in yeah. a free space. And you just feel like the light turns on the brain works, emotions flow more freely. It's like, there's so much clarity. And I think that would be really, really awesome to bring that to children. Yeah. I mean, the more, uh, that's why I always tell people after they get done, uh, like our clinics, cause we have 3000, uh, uh, roughly a, close to 3000 clinics that use brain tap. And they say, what do they do after brain tap? I said, well, they need to learn either Tai Chi yoga or dance. Because mm. if you don't get the nervous system moving, it's like, why do it? You know, it's just going to revert back to what it is. That's why they say sitting is a new smoking, you know, so yeah. we have to get people moving again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the brain tap, so you said we are light. Can you maybe mm. talk about why light and sound are so impactful for us? Sure. One one more research I want to bring up so they understand light. They, they just, have, and I'm looking for this research because somebody talked about it, but I, I know it's true because he, he referenced it. They can now measure the light photon release from our heart. We have a we have forty four thousand neutrino wow. cells in our heart, and our, we give light to each other. So when you said how how many does it take? They we know that you know, like a, if this room was dark, how many light bulbs would it take to light this room? Well, we need one light person for every five thousand dark people. You know, all these followers they don't even we could change the world with a very few with very few people if they would just shed the light. And what they said is that somebody who is negative, that's, that basically doesn't have the energy, they only put out about 5% of their heart's potential. But somebody who has that nervous system we're talking about that moves, breathes, energetic and has gratitude and love, they actually put out 200%. They actually put out more than they have. So we, cool. we have the potential. So, you know, we are the light that's going to change this world and we can change them by being that person. So the reason that light is so important, when we think about meditation, me meditation, and, and when I first started, my dad was a Silva instructor. So he, we learned something called uh, the Silva sound. And it was this weird sound that would go in the room. And I now know it as uh, isochronic tones, but I didn't know that at the time. But everybody mm -hmm. in the room would just fall in sync. Everybody's brain would be at 10 hertz frequency. And so that sound does it. But what we now know with neuroscience is that only engages about 70% of the brain. So if we can use retinal flashing with your eyes closed, but what happens is the light comes in through the eyes. So when somebody has, you know, over the years, it's told you, wow, you've got beautiful eyes. What they're really saying is you have a beautiful brain because your eyes are your brain. They're, they're not just brain matter. They are your brain. So basically you're getting light into the brain. We need to get light in there. Because most people, when they meditate or they try to get what we call now brain fitness, they try to train their brain, they fall asleep. Sleeping is not right. meditating or it's not activating those, those networks. And what we want to do is take the default mode network offline 
long enough to get the brain to work. Because if we if we use if we just use that default mode network, we're going to run around scared and afraid because we're just looking for safety all the time, and, it, and mm-hmm. that uncertainty you know that happens. So what light does is we can bring light in through the eyes, with your eyes closed. It's going to be attracted by optic the uh, cranial nerve two, which basically activates regions of the brain. We now know when you use, introduce light. And this was years ago when I started working with uh, neuro. Ophthalmology Research Association, they we showed that the 70% that's activated by sound, right now as you're listening to me, you're also processing over 25,000 pieces of information through sound, but you're only acting on less than 40 of them. So our brain is a really good filtering system. So we need to add, we when somebody goes, I want to learn and grow, but they want they don't want to change, they don't want it to be stressful. Well, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna atrophy if you don't stress out the body. So we need to get outside of our comfort zone. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be stressful, but it doesn't have to be difficult. It can be fun, right? We, we've all, like when you're dancing, I'm sure that when you first started dancing and they teach you a new dance move at first, it's hard. But then once you practice it and do it, and then you're doing it in your sleep, you don't even worry about it. You know, most people, and I, and I always told the people that I work with that are clients, I say, anything worth doing well is worth being terribly at first. You know, so you, you've got, you've got to be, I mean, that's how we learned to walk, right? We didn't, we didn't just jump up on our feet. And if you have children, uh, you know, and you're watching them, they didn't just jump up and walk across the room. They, they quickly fell down, got back up, fell down, got back up. And then, but what children do that adults don't is once they do it right, they don't keep falling down. You know, they don't start falling down again until they start running, you know, so they get rid of all those negatives. You know, they get rid of all the times they fell. Now the subconscious remembers them. But it knows that's not the right balance. That's not the way, right way to do it. And now it knows how to do it. But as adults, we start to own our failures and say, oh, that's me. I'm, a, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. You know, like, like Smalley on, on Saturday Night Live, you know, it's yeah. the opposite, I should say, where we'd say, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Gosh darn it. People just like me. But people use that in the negative, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and these this words change. So what the light does, because people usually, they don't have enough energy. Today, it's all about energy. If you can increase your energy, you can have more joy, you can have more passion, you can have more love, more, more acceptance, you can be more tolerant. But if you don't, you, you start to go into those default modes because you're, you're lacking energy. You can't make those decisions. You can't change. You, you're fearful. You're, you're locked up, in other words. Mm-hmm. So the light, what we showed is that in order to keep this frontal lobe, which is what we need to keep active during uh, brain training, we need to give it energy. So our body is designed to accept and exploit light. But remember, we're supposed to be outside for 18 hours a day, but we're not. So we need to, we need to expose it to light that's between 470 nanometer and usually about 860 nanometer light. Those are the good frequencies. and depends upon what's going on. Now, the ancient uh, technologies, when I go to India, they talk about promotherapy, which is light therapy. They knew about this 10,000 years ago. And so it's not like something that we're, I mean, we have all these great light technologies out there, but what they would do is they would get up and do yoga at three 30 in the morning. Everybody thinks that's because it's just early and nothing's around. No, what the ancient text says, that's when the most infrared light is hitting the planet. If you want to treat your brain, you need to use infrared light. So the yogis knew this. They would practice yoga outside with eight, 10 minutes. Now, when do they practice Tai Chi? The same time. They're in a whole different country. So this is Hmm. something that has been known since ancient times. We needed this light. So for 
for about three hours in the morning, our planet is fade with more infrared light than it is during the rest of the day. So if you want to treat your brain, now we can do it now through biohacking, but if you want to go outside and do that, you can do that. Now, it also goes through your house. So you don't have to be outside. We know infrared can go right through walls and, and things of that nature. But if you want to, it, it's going to be slowed down. But if you want to be outside, that's where you're going to get the most of it. So that's why I love doing yoga when I was in uh, Arizona. I used to go at 3.30 in the morning to do with the, uh, at 7th Street in Phoenix, they, that's where the uh, Sikhs had their ashram. And there was a, a temple there. And you could go for free to do Kundalini yoga. So, you know, I would go there every morning. And, and do yoga and then you wake up the temple doors would open you'd see the sunlight and just have these great experiences in the morning awesome very cool okay 3 30 in the morning i did not know that <laughs> is that different in the summer or winter is it based no, off of the just, sun yeah it's based on when they just do it at 3 30 but it's based on three three hours prior to what they would call sunrise because we okay. still have light we still have light hitting the planet but it's mm -hmm. just not as right. much light yeah. Gotcha. So how are you capturing this in the brain tap? And then can you go into how that's paired with like holographic music, binaural beats? Sure. So what we're doing is we have the, what's happening in your right ear with us. We also have light in the ears, by the way, because the best way to get light into the brain is through the eyes and the ears, because the ears control the temperature of the brain. You know, if it's, if it's cold outside, it, I mean, yeah, if it's cold outside, then it's, you're not, your ears will get cold because the blood flow stops because they don't want to bring that cold into the brain, you know, so the brain has to stay at constant temperature. If it's, if it's warm, uh, if you're, if you're cold and then you might get in, but it's hot outside your brain, you'll get more blood flow through it. So your ears, the blood flows to the brain. It takes about three to four minutes through the rest of your body. It's 45 seconds. So if you're going to blood dope with, with light, you need to do the ears. It's one of the best ways to move through that mm -hmm. cartilage. So the, the hemoglobin absorbs the light, the photaic energy, and it finds that cell that's about to die in apoptosis. And it says, hey, give me that energy. And then as soon as it accepts that energy, it, the Krebs cycle starts again, kickstarts the cell, and it remembers who it was. And, and they, they actually, there's, um, there's a research they talk about at Harvard where they kept a chicken heart alive for 35 years. because they, And the only reason it didn't was a janitor forgot to feed it. Because if, as long as it got the right nutrients, got the right light, and got detoxed that the cells would not die wow so there's there's, there's there's no reason that our bodies aren't the same way the toxic yeah. load is what's what's causing us to age you mm, know so right. if we can if we can get rid of that toxic load and keep the energy flow then we're energy beings so as long as yeah. we have our energy then we can do it so and this when we, idea that food gives us energy but really it's intensive it's food food is for, what is food food is converted into energy in the body and most people are given so we get it a lot of people do sugar right so they they think our body needs sugar the reality is that our body doesn't need sugar our body produces sugar if you have a stressful event you produce more sugar than a candy bar the liver produces i saw it. that on my cgm yesterday <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so in the so if you want to really reduce your sugar consumption reduce your stress that's going to do more to mm. reduce your sugar consumption than anything you put in a grocery cart and then reduce your grocery cart too, <laughs> because most people are eating right. hundred pounds of sugar Please. a year. So, yeah. Yeah. So we want yeah. to get back to the turn of the century when only pe people ate about five pounds of sugar a year, a year. Now they're doing mm. over a hundred pounds a Oof. year. You know, a good friend of mine, Daryl Jaffe wrote the book, get off your sugar. So if somebody has a problem, you should go, they should go get that book. Yeah. And, and, and it's a really good one. It has a lot of great options in there. 
But so what we did is we said in the early days, it was only sound. There was no light uh, as far as this therapy goes. In, in the 80s, when I, when I found out about light therapy, there was no, nothing like what we have today. We invented the first light and sound technology that was portable. We had a clinical model that was called the SILS, but it was $10,000. So not too many people had that. So in the, in the process of converting it down and making it available to everyone, light made it so that everyone could go into alpha. But then we found out with light, we could take everybody, 100% of the people we tested, 1,000 people we tested first, they all went to theta. Now, you might not think that's a big deal because there's a lot of lip service out there with people saying they meditate and go to theta. We've only met one person in the history of time, and we've measured in the last 10 years, anyway, 10,000 brains. People meditate to go to alpha. They don't go to theta. That takes a guru. You know, yeah, and we've measured monks some can do guru. that. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've, we've actually had a chance in India to measure gurus, and I would say 50% of them can't do it. Wow. Because they're not real gurus. You know, they, they wear the robes, but they're not the, they don't wear the light. They're working on you know? it. <laughs> yeah, they're working on it. So it's very hard to do it without light and sound. So what we did to add to that was we also used frequency. So we're using Noje frequencies and Sophigio frequencies. Those are in the background. We don't really talk a lot about them. Now we could because people are aware of them. But when we first started, people... That's just another crazy thing that people would have said, what are you doing that for? But what that does is that creates space. Everything in our known universe is based on the on frequency, light, and sound. It, even though it's not real, we perceive it as reality because it has those features. So when, you're, when we produce that in the brain, the brain's sensory-based network that's taking in all that information is actually creating your own space. So you're creating a space in what I call the quantum gap. So you're, you're, you know, everything we see in the world is particles. This is all real as a particle. But before it was a particle, it was a wave. That has no location. It has no time. It has no space. It's infinite. We are infinite. That's the, that's the thing people don't understand is you, you, the you that is here on the screen is particles. It's temporary. It's, it's not going to last. But the you that's in the wave, is immortal, infinite. That's where our, that's why our brain lives in an infinite field of possibility, as long as we keep it open. Because nothing is, everything we perceive in the world that's been created by man was first in the mind of a man or a woman. That's why it's an evolutionary thing. We, go, we have this, and then we have that, and then we have that. But it's it's all still made up. It's all you know. We we're pretending this is all happening, and we all jointly believe it so we we live it and we experience it so in some regards what happened in 2020 is our responsibility you know so so we have to because we created it yeah. we can we can dismantle it and create something better yeah and, our our good friend freddie kimmel who i know you're familiar with too oh yes was sharing with me deepak's talk from the oh, weekend yeah. and awesome. comparing consciousness to matter and he's like matter doesn't exist i think that's exactly what you're saying which is kind of mind-blowing but it does make sense we create our reality yeah well that's why like when i'm i'm working with quantum university and, and what we teach the the new the new science of health you have to have that component it's not just about a physical thing because if you're just treating the physical thing that would be like painting half your house you know you need to <laughs> you need to have the whole thing you know we need to have the mind body connection and the spirit you know yeah. when so many people say i want to be more i'm being more spiritual i want to be more spiritual i want to be enlightened you can't be more than you are but you can realize more than you are 
you know, right now mm-hmm. what people are doing is they're hiding it from themselves. You know, they're, it's like having a light under a bushel basket. You know, we need to take the bushel, but that's the toxins and the, the stress and the anxiety and the fear. And that's, we need to get rid of that so we can shine that light and be, be the light so that mm-hmm. people understand it. And like what you're doing, sharing, sharing a message of hope, because the worst thing that can happen to a human is to give up hope, to tell them there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And you can tell if you want to manipulate the masses, just give them a problem they can't solve. <laughs> Oh, and then give them, <laughs> then give them, then give them a temporary yeah. solution, and keep changing the goalpost. You know, yeah. that's what's happening. Aha! Exactly, <laughs> exactly what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Terrifying. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to say um, something similar before I discovered the brain tap. Um, I discovered this machine called the Light Portal. I don't know if you've come across it. Like ten years ago, I found it, but it's using light, sound, crystals, vibration, all these things, but the machine is huge. I mean, it's the size of a bed and it's $120,000. So bigger than a coffin. It's nuts. It's a very large (laughs) coffin. It'd be a very comfortable coffin. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not practical to have in your house to travel with, but I always felt amazing after the session. But then when I discovered the brain tap uh, almost three years ago, I was like, this is like a portable version of that. And I love it because I can do it every day. I can take it on trips with me. I just think everyone should have it in their pocket. <laughs> well, I think I, well, of course I do too, because I created it, but the, yeah. the, and I do, you know, I do it every day. I've never missed a day since the eighties, but the, when wow. we went to visit, we went to visit Lou Tai, who did the experiment with blue light therapy that shows at 40 Hertz, it breaks down amyloid plaque. I don't know if you've seen that study, No, um, but there's a study out there that shows blue light will break down amyloid plaque. It's the best thing for fighting Alzheimer's. We've done some studies that blow away that, but our mm-hmm. CEO who knows the guy who runs the brain lab set us up to go meet her. So we, we went to talk to her and we said, yeah, you know, tell us what you're doing. I said, have you ever done any experiments with people? No, we we're just building a $10 million room to do that. And I said, well, how much gamma are you creating? And they said, 6%. I said, well, this, our headset, and I gave her one. I said, I want you to experiment with this because our average gamma increase is 21% with any session. You don't even have to do the gamma sessions because we're going to, the brain Mm. wants to evolve. So anytime you cross that 10 Hertz frequency or 7.8 Hertz frequency, you have a gamma burst and you have a Delta burst. So it's like the whole system activates and then it tries to go back to whatever was normal. But if you keep activating it, it keeps expanding it. And that's where consciousness comes in. You know, the underlying reality of all things. So as we, as we, but we have to have the space for it. We have to have the capacity to handle it or it'll burn out the system. It's like putting too much energy through a light bulb. We need to get mm-hmm. the body ready. That's why it's important mm-hmm. to be physically fit. You know, that's why the gurus would do yoga because we, we, the body couldn't handle the energy coming through the system. So if somebody's eating garbage or smoking cigarettes or destroying their body, drinking a lot of alcohol, I mean, a little bit of any, a little bit of anything's okay, but a lot of anything is not. You know, so we need to be very aware of that. But yeah, so as we as we do that, that, that's the key is to find out what's going to work for you to raise your energy. If you could raise your energy and and have that. So I I still remember when we told that to Lutai, she didn't believe it. But then about six months later, one of our investors was visiting there because he he also knew the same guy that Nicholas knew, our CEO. And he sent me a picture of her in him in in her lab because he asked her the question he says what's your competition and she said this little headset that only costs six hundred dollars <laughs> she said they're getting 21 she said ours is a 10 million dollar solution theirs is a six hundred dollar solution 
So in, but when I was, this was back in the eighties as well, there used to be something called the Baytar bed and it was a geodesic dome. And when you were on it, you felt like you were astral traveling and they used our, they had a, we had a device then called the MC square, which was the first light and sound machine. They would use it on it, but this cost $30,000 for mm, this, this, and you needed a two-story room to put it in because it was a geodesic, you know, Buckminster Fuller geodesic dome, but it, it actually, uh, what we would call stabilize the environment so that you had this structure, like you structure water, you, because where we're, where I'm at right now, I'm swimming in water. We call it oxygen, but it's only 20 times less than the ocean. So we're actually swimming like fish, you know, so we can structure this environment. So we do that with frequencies, right? We could, our, our government could be broadcasting 5G and Noje frequencies for health, cycling through them. Our cell phones could be beaming to us healthy energy every time we use them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. because there's somebody sick out there and doesn't want to look into it or it might cost another penny, they're not doing it. But somebody will. Somebody will say enough's enough. You know, they'll put up all these towers for us so we could start broadcasting all these healing energies and use digital drugs instead of physical drugs. And we can mm. start changing our mood and our environment by, you know, just bathing the planet in love and acceptance and gratitude, which we could be broadcasting right now yeah. because it's all just a frequency. Right. I love amazing. this idea of digital drugs and that brain tap is a digital drug. We're just tapping into our innate healing abilities. I know that you've likened something like the brain tap to what we kind of get from plant medicine. Like we can access yeah. our own DMT. I think that's really yeah. cool that we could do it without, but you have made this a little bit more accessible. Yeah, we have a we have a we have a, a drug trial going right now with the brain tap in Brazil. They're actually using their top pharmacologist, and they're doing it just like a drug study. They just did the blood draws. They just sent me the pictures on my phone, and they're getting phenomenal results because we show our the pilot study showed we upregulate fifty four different neurotransmitters. So I always tell people the the world's greatest pharmacy isn't on the corner called Walgreens or whatever. <laughs> it's your brain. Your brain can dispense twenty five thousand neurochemicals. So let's start, let's start producing the right ones at the right time instead of a lot of people just let life happen to them instead of letting life happen through them. There's a big mm-hmm. difference, you know, just go with the flow. That's the flow state, you know, that everybody talks about, you know, just be, yeah. be there, but don't, don't think it's about you, you know, just be in the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to be in that flow state, what kind of brain waves are we seeing typically? Well, when it's not my research, but a woman that we hired to work with us back in the very beginning, she's no longer alive, but she wrote a book called The Master Brainwave. Her name is Ann Wise. She was from San Francisco. It was a great book. We used her a lot to consult with us. And she found out that the master brainwave is actually 45% beta, 30% alpha, about, and then the rest just kind of looks like a mountain, you know, it just kind of goes down. But what we're seeing in today's environment, we had somebody at this event actually and she had 51% gamma out of the box without doing anything. And I've never seen anybody but a guru in deep meditation have that much gamma. But she's walking around all day long like that. This is a person that's beaming wow. energy and light out to the world. She doesn't even, she's probably affecting so many people, she doesn't even know about it. You know, wow. it's like yeah. she, usually we see five to 6% gamma, you know, as an actual activity. They used to think gamma was high anxiety, but now we know it's high creativity and inventiveness. It's it's kind of like the uh, theta brainwave on steroids. When she did it, the reason I bring that up is when she did all her research, we couldn't measure gamma. Ten years ago, gamma wouldn't have been mentioned, but now because we now know the brainwaves go from 
0.01 to 100, we used to think they ended at a, at 18 because that's <laughs> all we could that's all we could measure. You yeah. Know? So if we in in people like and I love Muse, we use it all the time. But Muse took the take took theta out of their equation. You have to get a third party app just to measure theta on the on Muse because you can't get theta with audio. So they didn't want that negative. So people weren't getting there. So they took it out. So they don't measure it. Oh, interesting. So wow. and, and it's a really good tool, but you're only you're only meditating to alpha. When you hear those birds, if you've ever done, and we used yeah. it all the time. Yeah. We, we, in fact, we just did uh, one of our latest experiments. We used the Muse to track uh, brainwaves over time because there's a third party app that will do live readings. And it, we found that it's just as valuable as any other EEG machine. I mean, it's it's a pretty powerful little tool. But for mm. some reason, because of marketing, probably they they took theta off the menu, and mm. because we wanted to use it, we we had to find a different solution because we wanted to show people in real time what the brain tap's doing. So this third party app allows us to use Muse as the collector of data, but we can get the data out of it. And so we showed that the our algorithm actually does change the brain differently. So what we did was we took a forty five minute session, and we had five minutes of Jim them just getting a baseline, what their brain's doing. We had them listen to music. And then we had a baseline of five minutes. Then we had that same music with our encoding. And then we had a baseline. And what we found was after they listened to music, of course, they relaxed. It, it, it had this significance. It took them to alpha. It was great. But right as soon as that music was over, almost instantaneously, it went right back to their stress state. The brain didn't change at all. Hmm. But the one with the algorithm took them to theta because it was an alpha training, took them to, took them to alpha. But then when it was over, it stayed. And we found out it stays for 72 hours. That's the halo effect of a brain tap session. So th that's why you have to do it at least every 72 hours to keep that change, or it's going to start reverting back to whatever you think your norm is. Yeah. But 72 hours is amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I do it every 24 hours, but there you go. <laughs> that's good to know. 72 is where it's at. Yeah. yeah. So then we're not... What you're yeah. Oh, go I'm ahead, just going to say, if you do it, if you do it every day, then what you're doing is it never goes back. So it forgets what your baseline was. It moves the baseline, keeps moving the baseline. Mm. So like we had somebody the other day, just yesterday when we were doing some scans here at the, we're, we're at a ranch here in Austin called Music Hill Ranch, which we'd love to have you here. We're going to be doing some big events here. And Rod Harrison, yeah. who's put this all together. It's awesome. We're doing some, we're converting this into uh, health optimization center, you know, and things like that. So it's going to be oh. great. But what she, she says, oh, it's not going to be good. I haven't slept well in three days. Well, Emilio and Rachel, which you probably know them from from social media, they both scored 97 and 100. Because once your nervous system's up there, it doesn't matter if you think you're not feeling good. Your nervous system still, it's been practiced. You practiced. You know, it's mm. not like you, they every day they do something and they're always working on themselves. So you can have a few bad days. But now, now if they were under that same stress for a month, it probably would change something. You know, because they were running this event, they had a lot to do, and I'm sure that if we got Frank and and Cat and them on, on, they would have been stressed out because they put on the event. You know, that's just the, the nature of doing all that. You're not sleeping well, but they're <laughs> right, able yeah, to bounce back. That's amazing. So we're not just operating in one brainwave state at any time. There's always a percentage of each. What are most people operating at, and what is the ideal? And is that what can we see right. with brain tap over time? Well, what we're training to is the one I just mentioned. We find that it takes, a, I'll just give an example. We took women, 55, 65, and we wanted to see, these were all diagnosed with dementia. They took the test with uh, Cambridge Sciences. They had dementia. Their doctors actually diagnosed them with dementia. 
So we said, you're going to do brain tap three times a day. In the morning, we're going to wake up your brain. We call it digital coffee because we need to mm -hmm. upregulate. Uh, we need to upregulate a brainwave called SMR, sensory motor rhythm. That has to do with cognition. And that's the brainwave that atrophies the most as we get better looking and more intelligent with age. You know, that's the one that kind of diminishes. <laughs> and then yeah. in the, in the, at night, then we have ones we call digital quaaludes, which is the one that puts you to sleep. <laughs> so when you, when you, that's the one, it drops you off in Delta and you has you sleep. And the reason for that is the brain is dysregulated. Most people's brain. So here's when we measure, and this is 90% of the people we see might even be higher than that are over 70% Delta while they're walking around. You've all heard the expression, mm. the masses are asleep. Well, we yep. validated that. The masses are asleep. The brain is They're asleep. The brain. Wow. Yes. The brain wants to go to sleep, I should say, because it's so inflamed. The body's so inflamed. They're so, so out of regulation. They, they have stress. And what we find is, like with the, the brain I'm talking about, and I'll continue the story, is that we found out that the left hemisphere was operating at a different voltage and speed than the right hemisphere. Well, you can't have that. What happens then is you have a mood disorder, stress, mm. anxiety, fear. So the first thing we did, and this is before we knew everything we know now, the science, but we knew we had to balance the brain. So the first four minutes of every brain tap session, and everyone is different because you need to have different experiences. So we're balancing the brain for the first four minutes. That's why it's going a little faster and a little more activity. And you might see a little bit more of the lights because we're challenging the brain to stay balanced. And, and it's mm. just like learning that dance move if you don't practice it. Because we have to practice in a real world scenario so that when that stress hits you, your brain knows how to re-regulate. To re right. And so what we were measuring in this study was, first of all, how we can, does neuroplasticity really happen in an aging brain with dementia? Number two, how can, we, how can we measure the reorganization score, which we can. We use the WAVI, which I'm sure you both are aware of, the, the WAVI technology. So mm -hmm. what, we, what we could do is we could, we measured the brains before, we measured them after, we had them do the the actual testing. We had their doctors evaluate them. Six weeks later, we go ahead and evaluate them. The cognitive testing, they were now in their preferred range for cognitive function. They were no longer in the dementia. Just for doing brain tap, nothing else, no nutrition. We know if we could, would have added nutrition, it would have been better. No mm -hmm. exercise. We know if we would have added exercise, it would have been better. But we just wanted to see what would the brain tap do. We, we also noticed they had 49% more neuroplasticity, 49% in six weeks on an aging brain that had dementia. Their reorganization score is what blew away the people at Duke because Duke is a partner of ours. We took them the research and they're like, wow, we need, and so we're doing a bigger study now. This was only a study of six people. So, but mm. every one of them, they had a 58% reorganization skill. We all, we all know people who are aging, they get upset in the morning and they're still upset tomorrow because they, they don't know how to get their brain back, right? They get mm -hmm. upset, frustrated, they can, that's that's the secret really of a good life is you know and i always use tom brady because I, I like university of michigan but you know he could throw three interceptions in the first half and come out and throw four touchdowns and win the super bowl right mm -hmm. because he for he has the ability to reorganize he doesn't obsess or get so involved in the negative he says okay that happened that's fine that happened but i want to you know i see myself winning the game not losing the game Right. So that reorganization yeah. is what's so important. And so we showed and now we sent them back to their doctors. This was the real eye opener for me because their doctor said, yeah, yeah, you're no longer showing the symptoms of dementia, but we've already diagnosed you. So it's almost like ah. getting that red X like you're like they used to do in the witch trials in Salem. <laughs> nope, you've got dementia. They, they are 
the medical community still does not understand the process of healing. They, they diagnose somebody. Mm-hmm. This is how you are the rest of your life. Like we're going to give you this SSRI. You've got to take it the rest of your life. That's not true. Yeah. You, Awful. you, none of us on this podcast are the same as we were when it started at a rate of 50 million cells per second. We're, we're changing. We're evolving based on a lot of different factors in our, even our epigenetics are changing every 40 seconds through biophotaic exchange. That's what the 99% they call junk DNA is. It's mm-hmm. actually the reorganization of our, our physical reality. So every 40 seconds, we're restructuring all that. And science now confirms that. So it's not just, that's why I say we're light beings, because that's what tells us who we are based on the foods we consume, the people we hang out with, the water we drink, all these things have to do with it. Yeah. I mean, the human body is just so amazing if we just give it the right information, whether it's light, sound, whatever information, and we can do magical things with it. So if we took, if we took everybody in the world and we boiled them down to their physical existence, we could put everybody in a thimble and still have room left over. Hmm. We're we're very, that's all we are is information. So yeah. we're, we're information exchange. Now we get to feel and touch each other when we're close, but the reality is that that's all an illusion too, because we're, we're already all connected anyway. The underlying reality of everything is consciousness. So oh, yeah. we evolve, we, we, we basically evolve out of consciousness and we're, that's why you think of somebody and they call you on the phone. Yeah. You know, it blows like, you know, me away it, every time. <laughs> 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 It really like, does happen. So cool. So cool. Yeah, quantum entanglement. We're all entangled. We nobody gets out of here alive. And we have to help everyone else so that we can go on to whatever the next adventure is. You know, right now we're choosing yeah. our adventure, you know, so we need to have that adventure and move on to the next one. Yeah. We're all connected. Very true. It's beautiful. Well, Dr. Porter, thank you so much for all of this amazing information. Um, Before we let you go, we would just want to ask one final question. Um, If there's one thing that our listeners can start doing today to optimize their health and wellness, other than buying a brain tap, because we're the biggest fans ever of that. But one (laughs) thing they're waiting for to ship. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that the biggest thing they can do is choose those three options. They either need to start doing yoga and really seriously do it, which means learn the breathing is the Mm -hmm. most important, then the positions, you know, and then, or do Tai Chi. I was fortunate enough to study in Wudong and go there where where Tai Chi was actually founded. I spent a month there and and it was like I was in a Kung Fu movie for a month. It was really cool. But you you can learn it anywhere. You can learn it on YouTube if you want, you know, just start moving and breathing or start dancing. And that means just get up and move and breathe and you're going to find magic happens in your life. That's going to be the biggest transformation anyone can have. And if you're, if you're doing a job, if you're working at home right now, set a timer every two hours, get up and do one of those three things. Even for five minutes, your life is going to change in ways you can't even imagine. That's great advice. Ah, I love it. Yes. Well, Lauren and I actually grew up doing martial arts um, as well, ninjutsu. And I think that taught us a lot along with dancing. So it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I got, my son in, I got my son involved in martial arts. He's six foot five and he was uncoordinated. And I said, I'm going to have you go. And I knew if I didn't do it with him, that he probably wouldn't do it. So we got black belts together and just kept, yes. kept going with it. So our and, family and, too. Yep. And my daughter, we, we learned yeah. from Curtis Bush, who was one of the uh, ninjas on uh, turtles, the Ninja, Ninja Turtles. He was teaching the, yeah, the people cool. in, for seven years. I trained with him in, in Norfolk, Virginia. It was, it was a lot of fun. That is so awesome. I love it. All right. All right. Well, everyone, keep moving. Keep moving. 
Great. Well, so everyone listening, we will share links so you can connect with Dr. Porter online, Facebook, Instagram, the website. And there's also a free gift, a 14 day trial to the app. Thank you for sharing that with us. So we'll put all that in the show notes. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're so grateful that you spent the last hour with us and we can't wait to share this episode with everyone. And thanks to everyone that tuned in today. All right. Thank you. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.